When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. of radio. War. What is it good for? Well, if nothing else, then a tidy template for cinema. Conflict, clear protagonists and antagonists, heightened emotions, and a generally unpredictable lawless atmosphere which, as per the Western, has since the dawn of cinema offered an elastic, dramatic environment in which filmmakers can explore men at both their best and worst. And make no mistake, the war movie is almost always about men. It's the most masculine of genres. The fact that armies have throughout history often been almost exclusively male, seeing to it that men almost always dominate these things. It's a genre that emphasizes action and existential angst. It's also a malleable genre, and one that could broadly include all manner of films that we ultimately ruled out of the running in this list. With this top 100, we made the decision to include only movies whose wars are based on historical conflicts, so none of the likes of Edge of Tomorrow or Starship Troopers. We've picked films that deal with soldiers, soldiering, and warfare directly, meaning wartime movies set primarily away from conflict, often told largely or exclusively exclusively from the civilian perspective, a category which includes such classics as The Cranes Are Flying, Hope and Glory, Grave of the Fireflies, and Forbidden Games, didn't make the cut. Post-war dramas like Ashes and Diamonds and Germany Year Zero, as well as films that go to war for only a fraction of the running time, such as From Here to Eternity and Born on the Fourth of July, were also excluded. Some tough choices were made on what actually constituted a war movie. Resistance dramas feature in this list, but Casablanca does not appear. Likewise, Robert Bresson's A Man Escaped and Sidney Lumet's The Hill. It was decided ultimately that the war was too much a peripheral element in these films. On the other hand, while both Western, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, and Biopic, The Imitation Game feature war prominently, they, like Casablanca, plus A Man Escaped and The Hill, belong more obviously to other genres. We've also decided not to include movies which focus on the Holocaust here. Those are set to appear in another feature entirely. Regarding the films that do feature here, our 100 hail from all over the world. These films were released as recently as last year, and as far back as 1930. They range from comical to harrowing, action-packed to quietly introspective, proudly gung-ho to deeply anti-war. They are a diverse set of movies. They are also worthy of being called the 100 greatest war movies ever made. The wise words of paste magazine as read by brendan wall
Welcome. That was me. Wow, I sound so different. Yeah, you did. You did sound really different, um, and I appreciate it. Welcome, folks. Hello. It's me, Brendan. And it's me, Jason. And it's for screen? And it's for country. <laughs> um, oh, wait. Oh, that's no, that's new... not it. Sorry, just try again. Try again. Start again. No, no, no. It's a much more convoluted name yeah, now. For screen it's and for, for country? For screen and it's for country. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Um, Jason, this is going to be a pretty quick little snapper, little yes. snip snap of an episode. But we are just uh, we are just introducing our new concept that we're go- that we're going to be embarking on. And that is the top 100 greatest war movies of all time, according to the magazine that everybody's got on their dinner table. Paste magazine. You know, after you read that intro, I'm just waiting for the their next feature, the top 100 funniest Holocaust movies. Clearly, I wow, I I didn't know there was going to be comedies, but uh, what, what would that just be? The Jerry Lewis clown movie, and that's it. <laughs> it would be the day the clown cried. It would be uh, the Roberto Life Benigni is, one. Life is beautiful. Yeah, life is beautiful. Uh, <laughs> Sophie's choice is pretty so, funny. Yeah, that's just a, a real laugh riot. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she has to choose between a banana peel and a tomato. Yeah, oh, oh <laughs> man. Hilarity and ensues. You, click here to see what happens. <laughs> it was really subtle the way our podcast became a BuzzFeed article. <laughs> that's what we are now. We're just listicles. <laughs> yeah. No, that's not true. What we are here to do, Brendan, is we're here to talk about war. What is it good for? Well, Brendan, I think what we should first do is start with a, a definition. What is war? I mean, it's something that people talk about, uh, but, it, you know, people don't really understand what war is. So uh, let's refer here. So, folks, just stick with me. War is an intense armed conflict between states, governments, societies, or paramilitary groups such as mercenaries, insurgents, or militias. It is generally characterized by extreme violence, destruction, and mortality using regular and irregular military forces. Warfare refers to the common activities and characteristics of types of war or of wars in general. Total war, which is what we'll be talking about, especially in regards to World War II, is warfare that is not restricted to purely legitimate military targets and can result in massive civilian and other suffering and casualties. So that's what war is. I agree. Thank you. Uh, so what we are going to do is we're going to watch the top 100 war movies of all time as, you know, put together by Pace Magazine, and we're going to see if we agree. And it's really just an excuse to keep doing this podcast and watching movies. And I love war movies. And Brendan hasn't seen as many as I have. So now is the time. I have not seen as many as you have. But what I will say right off the bat is that there are six movies on this list that we are not going to talk about. No. We've talked about already. We've, we've gotten them out of the way. And those six movies are the Lawrence of Arabia, The Bridge on the River Kwai, Zulu, the Dambusters, The Killing Fields, and The Life and Death of Colonel Blimp. That's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot of movies. Like, that's a lot of movies. Like, the, the, at least two or three of those are three-hour movies. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but we don't have to watch them. We already did. And you can refer back to our previous episodes. That's right. But, Jason, you have seen a lot more war movies than me. You mm-hmm. you are, are – um, I don't – I'm not saying I dislike them or anything, but I'm no. saying you're a much bigger fan, yeah. obviously – so tell me what to you is like a great war movie. What is it most important? Well, that's something that probably has changed over the years. Um, definitely when I was a teenager and I started watching war movies, I'm pretty sure the first war movie I really saw that really stuck with me was like so many kids saving Private Ryan, you know, mm-hmm. and seeing that D-Day scene and, and being blown away by it and then playing games like Medal of Honor, Allied Assault, which kind of simulated that same thing and, and you know, Dave Defeat. 
a lot of my interest in, in war movies and, and uh, history as a topic came from video games, like so many people, but I've watched a lot of war movies, and I like war movies with action. I like seeing battles taking place. I really like when I get a broader view of what stuff looks like. Um, one movie I really want to watch, and I'm not sure if it's on this list or not, is Waterloo. It is. It is. Okay. So uh, Waterloo is fascinating because I've seen clips from it and they do full on like battle squares, like from the, like on the field, like they, they do these big, like uh, uh, infantry squares and they film it from helicopters and it's insane. It's so many people <laughs> and it's so mm-hmm. cool to see. And obviously I know that that's not um, uh, always feasible because of budget, but I love when movies do it and you don't see it as much, but Really, it comes down to the characters, their stories, what they're going through, how they handle it. Um, war movies are good for philosophical discussions about, you know, the nature of war, the nature of life, what it means to be a man or a person, you know, like it's uh, there's so many. And that's the great thing about war movies is that you can have the combat, you can have the conflict, but there's so much around the edges you can do, whether it's dramatic, whether it's introspective, whether it's propaganda and it's just straight rah rah, whether it's like, you know, a character drama. Uh, whatever you want to do, whether it's comedy. I mean, you could do comedic war movies. I mean, I think Kelly's Heroes is on this list, so that's one of the famous ones. That it's, it is, and I mean, a not an not not an altogether comedy, but no. certainly well, uh, it's Dirty Dozens in it. So no, no, no. What, that's not what I'm trying to say. <laughs> not an altogether comedy, but um, the Dirty Dozen also on the list yeah. also has a lot of comedic moments for sure. Yeah, and I well, mean, that's, that's what I was going to say. That's what I love, too, when war movies do have comedic moments, because war is like life. Like, it's not, war is not horror all the time. The old phrase is that war is, you know, boredom punctuated by moments of terror. Uh, and sometimes that boredom can lead to interesting, fun, heartwarming moments that's then punctuated by terror. Well, Jason, and, and we're going to run the gamut in, yeah. the, in this uh, in this list. I mean, you've got things from, like, like from All Quiet on the Western Front, which we are going to start with next week mm-hmm. um the original 1930 film and then you've got things like uh like braveheart and yeah. you've got the, the things like come and see and mm-hmm. uh gallipoli and the, you said the the great escape and mm-hmm. uh dirty dozen and all this all these kind of human condition ivan's childhood all these movies from like all over the world the too and one the big red one is 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 one of them as well um we're gonna see michael kane come back um, but what I, I want to point out too, Jason, that th- this list will not escape our segment that we like to do called, of course, and now for something completely similar. Because, Jason, we are watching all the Dirty Dozen sequels. Mm-hmm. We are going to watch all the Jarhead straight-to-video oh, sequels. <laughs> we are going to watch Force 10 from Navarone. Um, we are going to watch Gettysburg like mm-hmm. you wanted to do for a while. Yes, Absolutely. We are certainly, certainly, certainly going to talk about uh, movies like, uh, you know, like Che, part one and part two. But we're also, guys, I think we're also at some point going to talk about 1941 because we got it. Because we got it. We got it. Uh, the other movie so. that we need to watch, uh, I, I got to look up the title of it. It was a spirit, sort of a spiritual sequel to uh, The Longest Day, where except it was set in the Pacific and it isn't it nearly the Battle as... of the Bulge. No, that's uh, that's in Europe. Oh, I thought that's what you were saying. No, this uh, this sequel is, I believe it's set. I have to look it up. I think it's set in the Pacific, and it's not it's not a direct sequel or anything, but it's a similar star-studded war movie that again was not as well regarded as Longest Day. But I want an excuse to watch it. And one of these days, folks, I've said it before. I don't know if I've ever said it on the air. I'm going to force Brendan and Nathan on their podcast to watch Inchon, the 
1980 movie with Lawrence Olivier as Douglas MacArthur. <laughs> you can't wait. Can't wait for that. We are also going to be doing a sort of, um, besides and now for something completely similar, which this is the most prepared we've ever been. We've mapped out the order, yeah. folks. We know exactly where we're going week 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 after week. Unlike the David Lean movie, we know where we're going. That's right. Um, no more no more <laughs> dice, no more wheels. This is all planned out. This is all planned out. This is str- str- strategically planned That's out right. like a war. That's right. We have tactically mapped out the movies that we are going to watch. Now, having said that, anything could change. Yeah. <laughs> now, Jason, um, just like what? You, there is another little mini series that we are going to be doing throughout this uh, throughout yes. this this group of 100 movies. I know you suggested this whole thing, so uh, why don't you tell the people a little bit about that? We haven't actually decided on a name for it yet, so that will come later. But um, I, I had a thought that it would be interesting to look at. Now, these movies may not be war movies by the definition of paste, but I thought it'd be interesting to take a particular incident and watch a number of different movies uh, chronicle the same incident and its effects. And so I decided that a good moment to focus on would be the assassination of one of the worst Nazis, uh, the fellow they called the architect of the Holocaust and the protector of the protectorate or what do they call him? The protectorate of Bohemian Moravia, whatever. Reinhard Bohemian Heydrich. Rhapsody? Oh. Yeah. Uh, Reinhard Heydrich, who was uh, uh, one of the head guys in the SS. He was at the Vanessi conference where they came up with the, quote, final solution, which was the Holocaust. And uh, so we're going to kick that off. We're going to watch a movie called Conspiracy uh, for the first of that series, which is uh, with Kenneth Branagh as Heydrich. And that kind of is going to give us the context of Hadrick and his role in the Holocaust, and then the subsequent movies we will watch all deal with his assassination in 1942 by Czech partisans. And so it should be an interesting interesting series to kind of compare these different movies. These movies made from during the war, like I think the first movie we have, the earliest, is from 1943, so the year after he was killed, up to I think the most recent one was like 2019. So Yeah, yeah, only a few years ago. Yeah, so we have yeah. a fine, a fine uh, selection to watch, and I'm excited for that series, and I hope you'll join us for that. Well, you have no choice. Yeah, you, you have to. You have to. It's, it's going to be in the feed. You have to listen to it. You have to listen to it. If you don't, it doesn't let you listen to the next episode. <laughs> That's right. It's locked. <laughs> we programmed it to that, to be that way. We are. We yeah. Are and very... I mean. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, and I mean that that's that mini series I'm just gonna say right now, it's not gonna take us to the end of the of the list. We're not gonna there's there's a handful of movies we wanna talk about. We're we're spreading them out a yep. little bit, but I'm just gonna tell you right now, I, I, I it's gonna it's gonna end before this series is yep. over. But it's just a it once we get once we get to the man with the iron heart, it's yeah, over, it's baby. Over, baby. <laughs> um but yeah, so that is that's what we're gonna be starting. I told you so many titles that we that we've that we're going to get into and that isn't even isn't even barely barely scraping yeah. the, the list we're gonna have barely... to watch the thin red line which i'm excited because i saw that movie as a teenager and i hated it and now i'm an mm-hmm. adult and i think i might be able to understand it better so that'll be fun well, is a terrence malick film yeah. so of course very divisive mm-hmm. um and apparently there's a dennis quaid movie called savior which i'm just curious about because i have no idea what it is so <laughs> sure. maybe it's about a white savior maybe not uh. um <laughs> but we've got uh, we've got lots of stuff to go i'm sure we're going to see lots of jingoism lots of uh, uh unfortunate uh, representation but hey it comes with the territory and we're going to get through it together folks oh, yeah um 
So on uh, on that note, uh, I don't know. I don't really have anything else I need to say unless you want to say anything else before we start this journey, Jason. I just say if you're going to follow along with us, prepare yourself because some of these movies are going to be very brutal. Some of these movies long. are going to be very hard to watch. Some of them are going to be very long. Uh, I am I'm excited, but also dreading having to watch Come and See from what I've heard of it. Uh, and knowing the historical background of it. <laughs> and and don't forget, we've got The Human Condition, which is three three-hour movies. Ooh, ooh that's going <laughs> to, ooh, ooh. That will be a three-parter, uh, spoiler yeah, alert. Yeah, we're not doing that in one week, I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, but there you go. So, uh, so, yeah, join us. Watch along with us. We'll always announce what's coming up next week. I might even I might even put up a little a little thing on the Facebook or on the Twitter uh, saying uh, what our schedule looks like for the next couple of episodes, just to keep yep. everyone on track. That's so right. That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna talk about war. war. So Jason, uh, un- until that time, until next week, um, you know, find us on social media. We don't need to go through this. This you is know, just a little know. snipper snapper. You know, if this is your first episode, come on snippy snappy of an episode we don't have time for this but we do have time to say god save the king but a boom but a bang but a bomb war for screen and country i'm field marshal jason and i am lieutenant brendan see you later folks i've got a lot to learn yeah i outrank you substantially uh sergeant charger brendan (laughs) there we go Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Human Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now